Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now, one of the very best that you could possibly find, Brad Hopkins, former NFL lineman for the Oilers slash Titans host and analyst, SiriusXM. Find them all over Twitter at B underscore Hop72. Brad, we thank you very much for joining us, my friend. Kim, good to be on with you. What's going on? Uh, not too much, except for watching Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if there's such a thing as a moral victory. It seems like he's taken the reins of that football team, maybe long-term. What's your feelings with him? Mm, Terrell Suggs don't, said don't call it that. They didn't come here basically uh, for moral victories. I think what they gained was a lot of confidence knowing that, you know, them beating up on some of the lower uh, teams in the conference, you know, kind of making some people question exactly how good they would be, was basically put to rest when they were actually very competitive against uh, not only one of the AFC's best, but one of the NFL's best uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it was a feather in their cap, but, you know, not near a victory as they would have liked to be. Brad Hopkins joining us on the show. Well, yeah, because he's, you know, he's a 15 or a 16-year vet, so I don't even think of a guy like him, but... It seemed that Joe Flacco was a healthy scratch. At least he seemed good enough to go. He might have still been banged up. Uh, maybe John Harbaugh tells a different story, but do you think that this is going to be Lamar Jackson's team in twenty eight or 2019, I should say? I think it, it, was, it was a situation where they wanted to see what type of quarterback they could make from Lamar Jackson. And I think what they ultimately ended up doing is kind of like maybe – through the injuries, of course, you know, catering things more towards Lamar Jackson's skill set. I'm even talking about schematically as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he finished with 147 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but more specifically, he ran the football for 71 yards, which means they're using a different part of the playbook when him under center, one that they probably wouldn't have at their disposal if they had a Joe Flacco at quarterback. Do you think that at least because there's so many people, well, I don't know if he can do this, 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 this in the NFL – we're changing a lot of these offenses and changing them for the better to suit quarterbacks now instead of vice versa. What do you think that he absolutely has to to bring to terms with himself as a quarterback to be a successful one in the NFL? Absolutely nothing. Just keep doing exactly what they're training you to do. Bobby Petrino never used Lamar Jackson in the pure pocket passer capacity, um, probably because that's not how he even recruited him. But it's not to say that Lamar Jackson can't learn the intangibles of that part of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I think that when you look at John Harbaugh trying to be creative and still keep some of the things that are in favor for him when he's actually under center, he's also developing this young man's skill set as far as being a, uh, a, a pocket passer. So I just think ultimately it's just a situation where, you know, this is done with him under center and just doing some of the things that he does in favor rather than trying to make him reinvent himself and do things, you know, in a different way. Brad Hopkins joining us on the show. Would you hold on to John Harbaugh if you were Steve Bishotti? Of course I would, because with any young uh, transitioning player, you always have a veteran uh, that's savvy, experienced, and poised under pressure, you know, to be able to kind of weather those storms that are going to come when you have a young quarterback that you're trying to develop. Now, will Joe Flacco be accepting that role? You know what I'm saying? Here's a guy that you know, has won a Super Bowl with this franchise who's been the face of it for a long time, but he had to know that 
I'm not going to say the writing was on the wall, Ken, but he had to know that there was something afoot when they brought in a quarterback that doesn't even have the same type of skill set that he has, nor um, Robert Griffin III has that he has. So they're obviously looking for a different element, a different dimension of that offense, um, one that maybe a, just a step above what Joe Flacco was able to consistently give week in and week out. Um, but I think that right now they may have had, had – uh, discovered an answer to some of the questions they've had as far as developing that position and doing something different in the future. Well, they're seven and six, and we know that the owner was talking a little bit about letting go of the head coach earlier this season. That that talk is kind of cooled right now. It, with with Harbaugh there, and he's been there, gosh, a dozen years now. Would you, if they made the playoffs, would you keep him or would you maybe move on? Because it, this is the third straight year they've had this conversation about this guy. And You're I love him. To a guy. Yeah, I love I, I'm a fan. <laughs> But you're talking to a guy that played over a dozen years with the same franchise. I understand the ebbs and flows that come with the game of football and has nothing to do with our ability to coach the game. It's not like John Harbaugh forgot elements of what he he once used to to be successful. You know, a lot of times it's the Jimmys and Joes. You know what I mean? It's getting new people in those positions to be successful as well. Now, Mm -hmm. you've got to keep this stay ahead of the curve and be able to coach and teach these techniques, scheme, philosophy, things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you know, coaches don't go out there and perform the, the, the task of winning ball games. Players do. And you've got to get the right groceries in place to be able to have that kind of success. John Harbaugh knows how to coach. I mean, he's shown that time and time again. I don't think anyone would question it. As a matter of fact, if you have any questions, go ahead and fire him and see how fast somebody picks him up. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that, oh, that's I agree. True indi- yeah, that's a true indicator of, of um, the effectiveness of a coach. If he's got a job after a year, then you know you made the right decision. But if they're already calling for him, asking him what you know what, what his favorite coffee is before you actually even fire him, you might want to hang on to him. I I said this, Brad. And I'm in I'm in the division. I'm in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. For a guy like John Harbaugh, I would bike the turnpike down to Maryland to go get him and bring him back. Uh, that's how much I would like him in Cleveland, especially in the division. Is there such a thing though? And you might have just answered this, but is there such a thing as as a guy's voice? Going quiet, or is that again maybe an excuse towards the players? Well, going quiet is it's 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 not in that terms. It's not like you know, um, you know it, they just stop listening. You know, he says the same things that may seem repetitive. I'm not saying John. I'm saying a coach that's in that situation. Yeah. You know, basically, man, we heard that three years ago. You know, with the same emphasis. I mean, you're not going to do something different. You know what I'm saying? Um, if he doesn't, then all of a sudden, still retain the confidence of the guys as they get older. They see themselves getting better as players. You know, the more and more you play in the league. But do they see this coach is getting better the more the more he coaches in the league? You know, those are some of the things that catch up to a guy. Um, but I don't think a message really going stale is the ultimate reason. It's just like players getting complacent. Players then pushing the boundaries of the limits that were set for them early on that ultimately end up biting them in the butt. You know, that kind of stuff. You know, the players just basically losing touch with who this guy is. And if that's the case, then maybe change is imminent. New coaches bring change, and that's ultimately what you want. It's just a different face. Brad Hopkins joining us on the show. Um, who is the best team in the AFC right now? Mm. I'm going to think about that for a second. We did see the Steelers lose to a team that's been struggling all year. Normally I would say Big Ben's in that situation, as did Tom Brady on a crazy last-second pass or a last-second play, rather, uh, in South Beach. Um, so the Patriots aren't one of my – I'm going to tap on the shoulder. I, I thought that basically the Chiefs were going to have a lot of problems um, with the loss of Kareem Hunt. 
Um, but they found a way to reinvent themselves, as good teams traditionally tend to do. Um, maybe depth will be an issue at the running back positions because I know Spencer Ware did lead the game at one point in time. You know, he did come back. You just don't want that to be an issue, mm-hmm. uh, making your team one-dimensional. But thank goodness they have a Patrick Mahomes that, you know, throws the bean around like a baseball player and has mobility as well. So I would probably say at this point it is the Chiefs situation to lose just because some of the other teams that have normally been incumbents are just struggling at this point. And this is, a, this is the wrong time of the season in December to be struggling. It seems that guys, especially this loss to Oakland is pretty ugly, Brad, but yeah, it, it seems yeah. that Pittsburgh has the problems where it, Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell. I understand. But guys want to get paid. Guys are talking about each other. You have guys blaming each other. It seems that Pittsburgh has the problems of a team that just won the Super Bowl without having just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can see that analogy because of the expectant level of success that always comes with every Steelers team, all right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you've mm-hmm. got a veteran as, as – Trusted, experienced, and savvy as they've been Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the game, regardless of conference. Uh, I can understand where those kind of expectations are warranted. But, you know, you just, I mean, there is a such thing as thinking, thinking. And if you're struggling against teams that are struggling, then it also puts you in a position where, like, hey, what's wrong with us? You know what I mean? And there can be that finger pointing and, and things of that nature. But, you know, this is the time where veterans understand these, these difficulties. And they preach those words of wisdom to young guys to keep them focused and not losing track of the goals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what good coaches, good good veteran um, offenses, defenses, teams will do to kind of keep things going. Because it's easy for us to then all of a sudden just start splintering and saying, hey, look, I'm doing my job. You know what I mean? I don't know about them. You know what I'm saying? But that never, ever, ever gets you to the point of winning. It's, it's staying together collectively that is the way to do it. And you have to have those strong voices um, that are that are louder than the white noise, if you will. Cowboys are eight and five. They've ripped off five straight. I have to give them respect now, don't I? Oh, you, you mean the Cowboys are the hot boys? That's, <laughs> that's what they call themselves on defense. You know, they call themselves the hot boys. But it is a four hundred um, degree defense right now, Brad. It is four hundred degrees. <laughs> it is, and and they also are getting four hundred degrees out of the receiving core now. They've mm-hmm. added Mark Cooper, mm. and I think that when you look at um, at at uh, at Steve Jones, Steve uh, Jones, and and Scott, those guys, his decision to bring in a guy that some people felt, eh, I don't know what he's got left. I mean, he's a relatively young guy, but it's, yeah, I know he's had some thousand yard seasons the first couple of years, but yeah, we don't know what we're gonna get with this guy. Well, guess what? He's happy to be in the Big D. You know what I'm saying? He's happy to wear that star, and his productivity is showing it. Uh, he's evolving Dak's game. He's alleviating pressure from Ezekiel Elliott, which you know is their go to guy, and. If he's dealing with things along with Zach Martin up front, which kind of make that an issue, you know, then you've got to have a deep threat, somebody that keeps extra men out of the box and allows you to be able to score. And that's exactly what Amari Cooper is able to do, give you that quick strike ability of getting him into the end zone. Brad Hopkins joining us on the show. Did you pay attention to the Heisman Trophy stuff last night? Of course I did. Of course I did. Did they, did they give it to the right guy? I think that what, in my opinion, Ken, it wasn't even close, being honest. Um, I think that Kyler Murray in the beginning was being penalized for a lack of defense. He ain't a defender. And at the end of the day, you know how you win ball games by scoring just one more point than your opponent. So while we might talk about not liking 72, 74 games and 56, 55 and all sorts of craziness, that's exactly what you want. And that's exactly what Kyler Murray gave us for the entire year. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa did something explosive for an Alabama offense that's just uncustomary. 
You know what I mean? They, Michael Oxley came in there and said, hey, look, I'm going to get into the back of this playbook. We're going to start throwing this rascal around, creating some explosiveness other than just handing it off to our running backs and getting the ball back with great defense. You know, they put the ball in the air, came out with big plays, and that's one of the assets that they did have. But I think that when you look at almost 900 yards of rushing offense, are you kidding me? 27 touchdowns? You know, um, this is a guy that, you know, that has pro coaches you know, coming into the offensive meeting rooms where Lincoln Riley does his work and says, hey, what the hell are y'all doing up here? You know I mean, we need, we need to find out what's going down. That or we need to get to Honolulu and grab us a quarterback, one or the other. Brad, <laughs> Brad Hopkins joining us on the show. Now, I, I'm glad. I wondered if, if Kyler Murray was maybe being penalized. You mentioned the defense. Mm-hmm. Is it just maybe like uh, you can't have two guys win it, win it back-to-back from the same school? Was that you part know, of it I, at I all? I, well, I looked at my wife right after um, after Kyler was named, and I said, dang, man, but, uh, Lincoln Riley got two back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners, you know? Yeah. And you you can't deny facts. Facts are this, this guy's created an offense or, or created a system and a way of doing things there that is innovative, it's refreshing for those, for those that love big offense. And guess what? He got the Big 12 into the, into the college football playoffs, you know? So <laughs> despite what you say about it, I mean, facts are a stubborn thing, and, and maybe Tua is getting more credit than he deserves, not taking anything away from his electric season. Yeah, but he is playing for Alabama. I mean, good Lord, they were ranked number one from the very beginning and, and stand that way as this thing comes to an end. Am I right? So yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. A lot of conversation came into that thing preemptively, you know, which might have made people lean towards him at the very beginning. Hey, if you were Kyler Murray, would you play football or baseball? Thank you, Tua would ask me that. See, I understand the guaranteed cash. You know what I'm saying? That, you know. Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I probably will play baseball. There's there's more longevity. The money comes along with you. I know that's not why we play the game, particularly when you're an athlete of that extraordinary talent. You know what I mean? That has options like that of playing football or baseball. But by and large, man, you know, if, you, if you're looking to secure your future, the future of your family, um, the game of football is a tricky deal. And there are no guarantees, not to that level anyway. And there are even no guarantees that you're going to be able to finish when you talk about the violence, the unpredictability of the NFL. So I'd say at this point, I mean, I understand him scratching his head, especially with winning the Heisman Trophy. You know, what if they beat Alabama? You know what I mean? Would he come back again? I mean, that might be a situation that's just, you know, too alluring for anyone to to ignore. But, you know, his future isn't necessarily set in baseball. I mean, so what if he actually comes back? It's not like if he doesn't want to come out after he plays another year for Oklahoma. Somebody in the baseball wouldn't draft him again because he's still the same type of player. Am I right? So mm-hmm. he, he basically holds all the cards. Brad, I thank you very much for the time. It went by okay. way too quick. I appreciate it. All the best to you and yours, my friend. Uh, you too. Happy holidays. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.